0: Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. So I'm very happy to introduce today's guest, Danny Mendoza, founder and CEO of Together We Rise, a nonprofit organization that's working to improve the experiences that children and teens in the U.S. foster care system have. Together We Rise works with foster agencies and social workers across the country to provide foster children with goods like duffel bags, school supplies, and bicycles. And they also offer programs like birthday boxes to help kids celebrate their birthdays no matter where they are. And through all of this work, Danny and Together We Rise have impacted over 400,000 foster youth in the United States. Prior to this conversation with Danny, there was so much that I didn't know about the U.S. foster care system. And I hope that you find his story and experiences with Together We Rise as enlightening and inspiring as I did. By working with children, families, schools, and social work programs across the country, Together We Rise is transforming the lives of so many. And I can't wait for you to learn more about it and hear from Danny. So, you know what to do turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Well, today we are joined by the founder of Together We Rise, Danny Mendoza. Danny, thank you so much for coming on and chatting.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited.
0: Of course. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you and learn more myself about Together We Rise. Um, So for anybody who doesn't know, it's a nonprofit that works to improve the lives of foster children in the U.S. And I was actually referred to your organization by my brother, um, he had seen the movie instant family i'm not sure if you've seen it and it sort of sparked a whole interest of his into the foster care system in the u.s and once he started doing some research he came across your page and then with me with my interviews he had mentioned you have to check them out they're doing such amazing things and you guys really are
1: definitely and that, that movie is such a such a great movie. That's- an excellent job of really showing you what it's like, but also to be able to add that humor and bring it into a whole different audience that, you know, that foster care is actually used to to dealing with.
0: Sure. And, you know, it's really interesting because I, you know, I have adoption in my family. I have friends who are adopted who are in foster care. Um, so I'm familiar with the foster care system, but I, I feel like I still have so many questions as to what really goes on and there's so much that's not really known to the common person. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know, if you wouldn't mind explaining what is Together We Rise and your, your organization's mission and initiative.
1: So in a nutshell, Together We Rise exists to, to make foster care better, to try to help children in foster care, how to improve their experience as they go through the system. Um, there's, you know, half a million children in foster care at any given day in the United States. And the reality is that the situation that they're going to is not always the best. So Mm -hmm. our job is, you know, how do we provide them with an elevated experience from giving them a duffel bag instead of a trash bag when they enter the system to help provide them with a free bicycle as they kind of commute to school or work or, you know, because it's no one's going to buy them a bike and, you know, and reunite them with their siblings um, so they can spend some quality time together that, you know, we often take for granted. Um, and then we have a scholarship program. We have a, a bunch of a, a bunch of things that we actually do. But the overall mission is, you know, how do you improve that experience for these youth?
0: Mm-hmm. So what are some of the common issues and even controversies, if you will, surrounding the current foster care system in the U.S. Um, in other words, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? What needs to still be fixed?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that needs to be done to fix foster care. and But at the end of the day, it's, these children are being displaced into uh, a home and there's not enough people that are signing up to be foster parents to help them. So to me, that's that's the biggest problem is, you know, children shouldn't have to live in juvenile detention centers, shouldn't have to sleep in offices. There should be enough amazing people that can step up to be foster parents. So I think that's kind of like the first thing. And second is, you know, none of these kids chose to be in foster care. Like foster care isn't something that you want to be in. And, and granted, there may be a few that do want to be in there personally because of their situation, but none of us get to choose our parents you know we're just Mm -hmm. kind of hit the parent lottery or we don't and for these youth it's to have to experience you know moving from home to home to trying to find a stable place and your upbringing is different than where you're currently staying and it's a huge issue so that just kind of starts the the direction of problems that they often face from foster care from, you know, only 3% graduating from college, only 50% graduating from high school. Um, There's so many stats that are just kind of challenges that they're going to be facing just by entering the system. So Mm -hmm. our, our goal here is how do we, you know, help create experiences that really not only help the youth, but kind of inspire people to want to take that journey of being a foster parent.
0: Sure. Now, if you don't mind, if I ask, were you in the foster care system or how did your interest in it really come about?
1: Yes, I never was in foster care. Um, I kind of knew about it a little bit, but I didn't really know what it meant. Um, My soccer teammate when growing up in middle school was in foster care. And all I knew is that he had a different person that would take him to practice all the time and nobody would show up to his games. And that's really all I knew. And it wasn't until I was 19 years old that I was working at a law firm. You know, I found out that a family member um, was getting in a divorce. And in the process, uh, a relative of mine uh, ended up living in a car. And so when I found that out, I was like, how how can I do something to help uh, that nine-year-old? You know, they were only nine at the time living in a car. It wasn't something that I was okay with. and It wasn't something that I could sit back and do nothing. Mm -hmm. so you know I I was like thought back to my middle school friend and I was like oh my gosh if they had a caretaker like how can I get my cousin in that situation so at least they'll have a bed to sleep in and in the process I just learned so much about foster care that I was like there is no way that I will place my cousin in that situation and I grew up with parents that like taught me that America is the greatest country in the world and you have every opportunity and you know they came from Mexico and are now citizens but it was just like dang like yeah that could have been me and like it wasn't I was lucky but like my cousin like I can't just let him go down like that and it was like oh when you're trying to help you're actually putting him in a worse situation so that really inspired me to to want to do something not only to help him but to help people like him and that's really where my interest personally grew just I just I just couldn't sit back and do nothing.
0: Sure. Well, I know when I had this conversation with my brother about Together We Rise, he that was sort of his reaction. Once he started learning more about the issues at hand and learning about what you guys are doing, he was just so like passionate about, okay, like how can I get involved? Like I have to start learning more about this and why is nobody talking about it as well? So if you want to walk us through the timeline of when you started Together We Rise and how far you've grown today, because you've really done such incredible work and you've made such an impressive leap from your founding.
1: Yeah, it's been uh, quite, it's quite a difference. Like when we founded Together We Rise, it was just me and a few friends in my parents' house, you know, and today we're like 40 employees. We help foster youth nationwide and we have different offices and it's just a an actual organization I would say now. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, you know, I started this when I was 19, I had no idea what the heck I was doing. And I mean, some would tell you till this day, I still don't know what I'm doing and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm just still learning and every day is, is a new challenge, but, mm-hmm. you know, we just started kind of just like as a project as something we did for fun, something we did on the weekends. Um, we used to recycle, Um, for money. So we'd go to campuses and dig through trash cans and load up my mom's minivan and just go and do things that we would never have done. But we knew there was a greater purpose. And we did that for about two years and eventually sold my car, Um, got a new office from that. I still worked at a law firm during the time and just used my paycheck to pay for my portion uh, of the, the rent. And then my friend had his own little small business he was starting. So he paid the other half. Um, so we just, now you're kind of getting more established and, and the more we did, the more people wanted to, to get back. And, you know, originally together, we rise. just started as a movement to help my cousin, but the more and more I saw people wanted to help him, I knew there had to be kids in more situations. So with, with that, you know, just started slowly and slowly growing and thank God for social media and interns. Cause you know, all the, the negative you hear about millennials, I mean, this organization was built 100% by millennials for free with their given time, with their education credits, whatever it was, they poured their heart on the lines to now you know build an organization that helps 100,000 plus kids every single year.
0: Right. Well, that's the amazing thing. You I read that you've had almost 400,000 volunteers come through your organization and help out through different programs through volunteering. I mean, that's just incredible.
1: Yeah, so we do something a little bit different here. Um, I mean, some organizations definitely do it, but for us, like, we won't give it unless a volunteer, for the most part, uh, packs it or makes it or creates it or whatever. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that they are the people that are getting the actual experience. And our big example of that is, you know, if I ended up adopting five kids and you ended up adopting five kids, and collectively, we've helped 10 kids. If we got 100 people to just adopt one child, that is way more of an impact than what we could have made together. Right. And so what we want to do is how do we create that same opportunity through volunteering? You know, not us giving the bikes, not us building bikes, not us, you know, decorating these bags or care packages for kids, letting volunteers do that, letting them go deliver it to their local foster agencies and kind of creating that firsthand experience. Mm-hmm. And it, for us, it's been so successful and people have loved it because, you know, most people that donate, they actually did something. You know, they actually, they just didn't donate. They, they had a service to it. And that's what's kind of been different for, for us and what's helped us be successful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, on your social media page, I was even checking that out. You highlight so many stories of families who have adopted or are, you know, in the foster care program helping kids. It's so incredible how many people are being impacted, how many children's lives are being impacted by the work that you guys are doing. Um, what has been, I guess, the most rewarding thing for you through all of this?
1: Honestly, the most rewarding thing for me out of all of this is just meeting genuine people that want to help. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I say this lightly and then I'm sure there's different situations, but I guess my example is invalid during COVID, but it's like when you meet people at a bar, you know, they're just all walks of life. They're so different and they're incredible people. But like, when it comes down to like, hey, you need to give your shirt off your back to help someone. You don't always are, you're not always surrounded by those people at a bar. And through like volunteering and through this organization, I've honestly met so many selfless people that are just around me 24 seven. And it's just like inspiring to see like so many good people. And I mean good by, like, people that are willing to help others and expect nothing in return. Like, mm-hmm. it's so rare. And sometimes when I met, meet people that are not that way, it's, it's just weird. I just forget how, like, the world is and how that's not the reality, how that isn't everywhere you look. And <laughs> I just like a privilege to be surrounded by good human beings that will donate their paycheck or donate a portion of their paycheck just so another child that they will never meet has a better experience or has one good day. Like that is crazy to me. And that is my favorite, favorite part of the organization. And I think, you know, it's something we all take for granted. And, you know, it inspires me every day to try to be that person for the people that are not giving, for people that can one day make an impact. And maybe they won't see the direct impact, but they, at the end of the day, know that because of me and my selflessness, another child got to experience something similar to what I had.
0: Sure. For those who don't know, um, you have a wide variety of programs and services that you provide through Together We Rise. Would you mind just explaining to individuals who you know don't know of your work what exactly you do in the different programs that you have?
1: Yeah, so Together We Rise does, does a lot. Um, we just have such great opportunities to help. It's like, why not? Um, it's definitely considered mission direct. Um, at the end of the day, our mission is to help kids. And there's so many different ways to do so. But in a nutshell, um, we focus on service activities. Um, so we try to get groups of people to help out to solve problems. And one of the few problems that we solve are, you know, the experience of foster care. So one thing that when that we work really hard on and do so very well is when children enter foster care, they get trash bags. And it's not every single case, but it's a majority. So our job is to provide them with free duffel bags. Um, we also provide bicycles to teens and kids so they can learn how to ride a bike. Because the reality is that if they do stick in foster care, no one's going to buy them a brand new car. No one's going to buy them a used car. Mm-hmm. It's a very rare occasion. So being able to be, uh, be able to transport yourself is huge. It's super important. I've seen kids not wanting to ride a bike because they didn't know how. And that's important because at the end of the day, you might not get the opportunity to get a car and to get a job. Um, from, so we do. That's kind of like our two main programs that we do. But we do a, a plethora of programs from providing superhero boxes, just that like our care packages to make the kids feel special, to celebrating their birthdays with a birthday box. Um, we have a STEM box to kind of help younger kids learn about science and the cool things that it offers. And so that's the majority of our service activity side, which is just focused on getting groups of volunteers. Um, we also have the largest scholarship in the country for youth and foster care. So every year we choose 10 students that we truly believe are in need and this can change their life. And we give them $90,000 and we walk side by side with them for the next five years with a committed group of staff um, to make sure that they have every resource they need to succeed and that money is not a problem because I think that we're trying to level the playing field for them.
0: Right. Um,
1: Those are kind of like our, our key things we do. And we also do events around the country from taking kids shopping during the holidays to reuniting siblings that have been separated from the entered foster care at Disneyland, six flags um, at Disney world. So those are kind of, for me, one of my favorite, um, events we do because it's just so life-changing to put a kid at the happiest place on earth with people that actually want to be there with them in a place where they actually want to be it's just (laughs) you know it's just a day filled of tears and just a sad reality that you know they're going back to a situation they don't want to be in Mm -hmm. but it for us it's helped us kind of inspire a new wave of foster parents and we've had people sign up to be foster parents we've had people trying to adopt, you know, a whole team of kids because they were so moved by, you know, being around these youth and just to be able to kind of create those experiences to show people what these kids are going through and that they're just normal kids. Um, so we have a bunch of programs that are focused on, uh, giving kids that kind of normal day experience. Um, from back to school stuff to helping college kids move into their dorms. Um, usually they have a, a parent day in college where your parent, like parent week or something and your parents sure. help you move in and all that good stuff. Well, they don't have a parent, mm-hmm. you know, they may not be in contact with their foster parent. Their social worker is most likely the only thing. So if it's not their social worker it can't travel across the country, then that's where we step in. That's where we'll send the staff. We'll have them hang out and make sure they have everything they need from school supplies to a computer to just housing supplies to make them feel like they belong
0: yeah I mean it's so great that you do all these things I think for me you know as I was doing my research into it the whole garbage bag concept just like my jaw hit the floor at the fact that this goes on and they don't even like kids don't even have the ability to you know take their belongings in decency to their next home and the fact that they're just moving out of these homes with all of their belongings in a garbage bag like that just blew my mind and as you were saying the the different situations you brought up kids going to college uh, scholarships I think these are things that not a lot of people think about um in the everyday world uh it you know not that people are ignoring it but it's just not something that's as widely spoken about. So I think the fact that you're shining a light on these problems and ways to address them and fix them is just so great.
1: Yeah, and that's really the goal, right? How do you create something that can address the problem? Whether Mm -hmm. it be a big problem or not, it's just a simple way that we can do something. And the real answer to fix all these problems is every amazing people just be a foster parent. But the reality is they can't all do that. We all have our own responsibilities or our own work commitments that don't really put us in a position to be that great foster parent. What we can do is support good foster parents. We can support these children with, you know, in-kind items that helps that foster parents uh, responsibilities a little bit easier from contributing to lunch, from buying them groceries to helping with household items or and those are the things that we're moving into next is We know that everybody can't be a foster child, but we definitely, definitely know that we can all help in some way. Mm
0: -hmm. Which is great, I think, to provide that flexibility because I know that's something I hear a lot, especially at the holidays, like around those times, is there's always so many different charities, so many different organizations, and all you want to do is help, but it's really hard to pick and choose. So I think the fact that you provide all of these programs and services and allow individuals different ways to get involved, no matter how big or how small. Um, it's, it's really awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. It's, it's, it's hard to be honest with you. It's
0: mm-hmm. How do
1: you do so much but not spread yourself out so thin?
0: Right. right. But
1: understanding that, how do you also leverage, you know, a $5 donor versus a $10,000 donor? <laughs> At the end of the day, we, we need everyone. That's the only way. There's so many kids that everyone's got to play their part.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, right now, I I feel like times are so tough given the current COVID-19 pandemic. It's impacted so many different people. How has it affected the work that Together We Rise is doing? And how are you, what are you trying to do in response to that?
1: Oh, man, it's definitely, I let me just start by saying COVID has changed the giving landscape because it's not just about others that need help it's now the givers are also the people that need help Mm -hmm. so we've been having to pivot we've had to adjust and really take into consideration the whole wide world and what's going on because now we know that it can affect us you know when we first learned about it you know it's in another country and the next thing you know we weren't ready for that and as an organization ourselves you know we heard about it but we never thought it was going to impact us Um, So it's really changed our approach on that. But but for the most part, for the work that we do, you know, we're limited on distribution to the youth that we help because a lot of it is shipping and contact and we're trying to avoid the spread. Um, The next thing, we just kept getting calls about college kids. And and I mentioned earlier that only 3% graduate from college that these youth that were in college were going to go homeless because they lived in the dorms. And for so many years, we've been advocating for youth to live in dorms so that they had the extra support network or become a resident advisor so you get the extra discount in housing and really put them on a path to to succeed with the people around them in the school. And now that all crashed. So all these foster youth that were previously in care that have aged out have no services because they've aged out or limited services because they're over 18 now have nowhere to go. So we, you know, quickly responded and gathered up some foundations and try to get everybody on board and try to provide some temporary housing for these youth. So we have, I hate to say it, but over a hundred kids living in hotels as we speak right now. And so we're paying for those hotels. We've been trying to negotiate as much as we can. At the end of the day, they're also hurting because no one's staying in their rooms like regular. So it's really changed uh, our focus on being able to provide, you know, temporary and assisted housing um, during this pandemic until we find out what's happening next. And, you know, as you know, and as you hear in the news in the current climate, it's like, are they going back to school this fall? Most schools have decided they're not going back to school.
0: Right. What does
1: that mean for our students? You know, our housing programs are usually covered under um The aid that they're given, but now that they're not given that aid, how do we ensure that they get the money fast enough? You know, it's one thing for, like, oh, the school's going to reimburse you, but, like, some of these youth don't have a parent or a credit card to their name to to upfront the money, and that's where we've really been able to step up and and be there for so many youth, you know, providing so many laptops for these kids Mm -hmm. and giving them the tools to do schoolwork from home, um, um, Wi-Fi hotspots, um to grocery cards to gift cards to DoorDash like it's honestly been insane to to see the huge need that was there and and it was there all along we were right. just getting help through schools
0: yeah i mean covid-19 i think it's safe to say has screwed over so many people it didn't hold back it really impacted everybody and i think You know, so many individuals are struggling and it's really caused a lot of, it's halted all plans. So I could imagine it's made things very difficult, as you explained. How can individuals get involved then who still want to volunteer and help out, but, you know, given the current quarantine pandemic situation, what are some ways they can get involved still?
1: Yeah, so right now for us, we've created some programs called Safer at Home. So we're actually shipping bags, um, boxes, birthday boxes, uh, back-to-school kids to families to put together to then donate to their local foster agency. So our goal is to give them that option. And then the other option is obviously to support our Rapid Response Fund, which is focused on providing that housing for these um, college-bound foster youth um, to have a place to stay at night. And, I mean, we we started the program, It was a, first it was a one-month program. And then, you know, we thought we were crazy, but like, you know what, let's try to raise funds for three months, even though they're giving us a 15-day window to get back to normal. At most, it's 30 days. Mm -hmm. And here we are almost six months later, and there is no end in sight on when schools are going back. You know, Harvard already canceled that year. So to be able to get some type of find available and get people to give back if they're, you know, if they're in a great place to do so, or, you know, to participate in those safer at home projects. I know volunteer projects in a local level are, are kind of tough right now because the social workers, you know, and nonprofits, some are accepting volunteers, some aren't. And it really mm-hmm. just depends on the mental health of their staff. You know, you don't know which organizations where their personal staff have been affected by this and someone who has been affected by this is treating this pandemic a lot differently than somebody that you know has been lucky and not been able to be part of one of those, you know, numbers of being infected.
0: Right. Yeah, it's it's really insane and we'll see, you know, I I keep hearing when things are going to reopen and who knows at this point, but yeah, with schools, I mean, that's a whole issue right there. There there was, at least in my area where I'm at, over on the East Coast in Pennsylvania and New York, I'm sort of rotating back and forth between the states at the moment, but, you know, the schools on on the local level, so many of the, like, high schools and elementary schools are still trying to decide what to do. Um, In colleges, that's a whole nother issue. You know, we, it's, it's really insane. And I don't, I don't have the right answer because as you said, there's so many reasons why. You know, schools were trying to push to open because so many kids need school as that haven, and it's it's really really tough. And um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens throughout the next coming months, but it's definitely crazy times for sure.
1: Yeah, and it's not even just like the piece of the school; it's not just about education. Mm-hmm. Even for for foster care, I mean, a majority of CPS uh, reported cases come from a teacher or a school counselor, or a nurse. So these are the the people that are alerting the system that, hey, this child might be in danger. Mm -hmm. So when we even use that term, safer at home, that that doesn't apply to actual children, because that might not be the case. You know, it may apply to volunteer in regards to COVID, but the reality is, you know, it might not be safer at home.
0: Right.
1: And so for, for these youth, they are at risk. No one is reporting for them. No one is guaranteeing a lunch meal for them. And while maybe school that shouldn't be their responsibility, you know, for the for the past decades they have been that. And we've almost taken them for granted. I mean, teachers. And now stay-at-home people that are either stay-at-home parents or work from home parents are now teachers. And they're seeing, (laughs) you know, what what their kids are going through on a day to day and what these teachers are there for them for. So it's I think it's giving us a better understanding and appreciation for school and the whole education system.
0: Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. You know, I have, my two aunts are both teachers and I have a lot of friends that are in early education programs becoming teachers. It's, yeah, I have so, so, so much admiration for everybody in education.
1: I think, uh, you know, the same here. It's just, I wish they would get more of a more of a light shined on them because they do great things. And, you know, they've done a lot for the foster care community, and I hope that they continue to do so.
0: Sure. Well, given everything that's happened with the pandemic, is it safe to say going forward it's going to shift and change programs you do from now on? Uh, you know, as you had mentioned, you're seeing how this is affecting children right now who have to go to school at home, who have to spend more time in the house. Um, Is that going to change things you're doing going forward?
1: 100%. A lot of things that's going to does right now will be adjusted. You know, things we'll do in a few months might be completely different. We are actively working with foster agencies and social workers to see what their needs are. Because it, you know, it doesn't matter if we have a program, but if it's outdated, you know, it's mm-hmm. not going to work. And so we're consistently trying to figure out which programs to choose from. Um, we have actually a list of brand new programs that some other organizations do in a, in a different cause or a different scenario. So we're trying to really pick their brains and see how we can be there for them. Because you know, foster care youth, you know, from stay at home, a lot of them, you know, are on. ADHD medicine or, or some type of medication to deal with that. And so working from or learning from home might not be the ideal scenario for them, but, you know, seeing what other sensory items are there that are already out in the product for different uh, issues that can benefit them as well. And I think technology is another thing that we're diving deeper in and seeing how we can use that to help them because they're, they don't have the loving parents and they, that would do something for their child as they would do something for them. Mm -hmm. They do have a loving parent that would open up their homes for them, um, but they're not all treated equal. And our goal is really just to, if that parent can't provide that because of resources, that we do our part to help them.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think you guys are doing such amazing work. And I can't wait for everybody to hear your story and learn more about Together We Rise. Where can everybody find you guys for those who don't know?
1: You can find us at TogetherWeRise.org and learn all about how to get involved and make a donation. Or you can check out our Facebook or Instagram pages just at the has- at-, at sign TogetherWeRise. we, Rise. we- consistently post, you know, updates, um, ways to get involved and just cool stories that you'll see of what other people are doing around the country.
0: Awesome. Well, Danny, we like to ask as well, you know, with this being handling it, um, is there a piece of advice or a lesson you've learned along the way that's helped you handle your life?
1: You know, there's been unfortunately so many, um, but I think just to, to stay calm, Mm -hmm. you know, things will get better no matter what you're going through, is never addressing the problem and and not a calm way. I think that's very important, and that's helped me through a lot of things. To just kind of sit back before I speak, sit back before I think, and just really think it through.
0: Yeah, I mean that's definitely great advice for right now. <laughs> all right, guys, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Danny. Together We Rise is doing such amazing and impactful work, helping children in foster care excel and have positive experiences in school and at home, providing college students with scholarships and kids with goods like bicycles and skateboards, helping move students into their dorm rooms or apartments, supporting families adopting through the foster care system, and organizing reunification events so that siblings separated through the foster care system can reunite for a fun-filled day. I highly encourage you all to check out Together We Rise. Their website and social media information is listed in the episode description below. And thank you, Danny, so much for coming on. And thank you, listeners, so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling Podcast, And feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode. But until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now. keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.